It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, mateys. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from Journal.com. And I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlMinute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 38 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. We've had some people already leaving reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, and they are now in the running for a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute prize package. Please don't make me beg. If you like the show, just give us a review by Sunday, March 12th, and you just might win a great prize. Grand prize includes a four-pack Blu-ray movie, Pirates of the Caribbean Films 1-4 through collection, a replica Aztec medallion, not quite to scale, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute t-shirt, and a set of awesome Pirates of the Caribbean pop vinyls. We also have a second-place prize that includes a t-shirt and medallion and a third-place prize for a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute t-shirt. We always welcome reviews, but if you like the show, there's actually no better time to help us out, and you just might win a cool prize. Your reviews help people find us and listen to the show, and we greatly appreciate it, matey. Now that we got the gratuitous plug for our contest going on right now, I had to ask you, did you see the new Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales trailer that was released last week? Actually, I did. I can't wait to do the bonus content. That's exactly where I was going. I said, yeah, the movie's really looking great. And now that we've had the Super Bowl trailer that sidelined our bonus episode last time that came out on the same day, and we have this recently released one that just came out last week, I think that there's a great movie on the way for May, and the new film is looking pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. There's even a young Jack Sparrow, and we reference that quite a bit on our shows. We're doing backstory and talking about some of the characters and character development. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes or how much time we actually have a young Jack Sparrow in the mix. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be kind of interesting to see how much background they do explain in the new movie. Yeah, how much are they pulling from things that we reference, like these novels and these books and things that are actually showing up in this movie? It'll really see be an interesting tie together for this whole expanded universe, and they might actually start putting this stuff in the film, which will be pretty interesting. Yeah. So as Heather mentioned, we'll be getting another bonus episode on the calendar and hopefully get that to everyone sometime during the month of March this month. So we'll keep you posted on that as long as we get our act together. We always have a problem getting our act together around here. Maybe it's the pirate in us. But... <laughs> so hopefully we will do that. And then you guys will have a bonus, say, weekend episode that pops up at some point. And we'll, we'll like I said, we'll give you a heads up on that. In the previous minute, a Fort Charles prison reunion gets underway as Captain Jack Sparrow, Twig, and Keeler share some happy thoughts. Oh, the memories. Hey, Jack. Remember that time when we left you all alone on a godforsaken island? It was so touching watching you shrink into the distance as we sailed away. And nothing says man bonding and reinforcing a friendship than spitting just after you say your friend's name. (laughs) Boys will be boys, or should I say pirates will be pirates. (laughs) Anyways, we left things off with Jack responding, worry, dot, dot, dot. Heather's famous love for dot, dot, dot. (laughs) 
Minute 38 begins with Captain Jack Sparrow finishing his line that began with worry. About your own fortunes, gentlemen. The deepest circle of hell is reserved for betrayers and mutineers. On a side note here, I'm not thinking that I misinterpreted their reunion that I was just talking about. Maybe it's not quite that bromance that I thought it was. <laughs> Anyways, Jack's retort angers Keeler, who proceeds to grab Jack by the neck, whose arm and hand become a skeleton as it passes into the moonlight. The minute ends with the Black Pearl pirate crew returning to their ship with Miss Swan, who just has time to step aboard the Pearl before our seconds tick, tick, tick to 60. So we're starting off a new week, and by the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute Code, we have to announce our pirate word or phrase of the week. Heather. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. What do you have for us? You actually already used it. Was it bromance? No, it's matey. 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 So I take it you chose the word matey because of that relationship that Twig, Keeler, and Jack have. Is that what sparked that with you? That's exactly why I chose Yeah, nobody can get around that. They are. You could just tell that there's love there. (laughs) It's that, like, haka loogie after you say somebody's name. That is always a key dead giveaway. (laughs) They're best buds. (laughs) Exactly. You can't just leave us with matey and not say something about it. That's it? You just said matey and then that's it? There's nothing behind it, like the official definition or anything? Oh, I don't have an official. It just means like friend. All right, man. You know, just like last week, I'm starting to wonder well, if I need to take this over because <laughs> there it is, matey. I mean, we all know that it is, but at least you could have had like an origin behind it or something instead of just, no, that was it, matey, and I'm going to leave you guys hanging. Your pirate word or phrase, not defined, of the week. Anyways, as Heather is probably trying to scramble to come up with something to to really get back that sense of, like, I own the pirate word or phrase of the week, which, yeah, we're all doubting it by now, I know. Let's just, I think we should just move on to maybe some Jack Sparrow prison action. Yarr! And that's not a euphemism, that doesn't mean anything, it's just Jack Sparrow with the pirates in the prison, so let's just go It's a there. pirate reference towards a shipmate or friend. Well, there you go. Couldn't we just have the good definition? <laughs> you guys, I'm really sorry about that. I will be taking this over somehow. At least at least somehow behind the scenes, you know, there's, there's going to have to be like, walk the plank. Yeah, you're right. Heather should be gibbeted. I think we're going to have to gibbet Heather until she gets this under control. If you want to see Heather not gibbeted, leave us a review on iTunes. And you just might win a prize. <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to where we were before that whole debacle. So... I didn't know you wanted more information with them. We got to have more information about it. Just at least a short definition. You don't watch us a word or a phrase or whatever? No, we got to have at least a quick, you know, this is what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, people. Oh, my God. Wait, I just heard everybody roll their eyes at one time. That's (laughs) crazy. At you? Not at me. (laughs) As I was saying, Jack Sparrow. And I think we have our answer as to why Jack was marooned on a godforsaken island. Well, maybe we didn't really have the catalyst of what happened or it's all detailed out there, but he does divulge that his desert island circumstance is a result of betrayal and mutineers. Exactly. I mean, he doesn't really say it outright. He just basically says that hell is, that the deepest be, part yeah. of hell is reserved for those betrayers and mutineers. So I think we what we can do is we can allude that, that Jack is talking about that that is why... He was marooned on an island. That is why there's bad blood between them. And that's why they don't like him. This also leads us to believe that the captain portion of Jack's name is in reference to his once helming the Black Pearl. I think we can go ahead and make that leap for sure here. Right. But that mutiny ousted him from his ship. And so he's a little bitter about that. 
Just a little, though. I mean, you go from the Black Pearl to the Jolly Mon. Not only that, it's a Jolly Mon with a hole in it. There's no comparison. I mean, this, <laughs> the Black Pearl is barraging Port Royal with cannonball fire. The Jolly Mon comes to Port Royal and just goes to the bottom of the harbor. He's a little upset by that, and I, just, I don't blame him. Just a little. I mean, it's nice to see us get some of the details finally out of the bag and open for discussion here, too. We've also had a lot of spoilers that it revealed, and we try hard not to do that. But now that we can start to finally talk about some of this, I think it's going to be good for us, especially you, since you always have such an issue with it. You just can't help yourself. Me? You're the one that likes spoiling things all the time. Uh, I don't think that's true. I think it is you who, who get into it. And I'm trying to always reel you back into the to the uh, rules of the pirate code of the show here. Uh, no. We'll just go ahead and skip that and... <laughs> And pretend that that never happened. Maybe I'll just radio edit that out. But what I think we actually have here is the main point with this entire conversation and this entire scene is not only the timeline that was established in minute 37 that we talked about. Specifically, what we have here is Jack is not cursed and therefore he was not with the crew when that curse befell them. Right, because the the skeleton arm and Jack are in the same area and they're both a skeleton. And he's Jack is not. That's right. So you look confused. Well, because the way you said that, I think everybody's confused. You could have easily said their skeleton, at least Keeler is a skeleton arm, a skeleton. Jack is not. Jack says it's interesting. So he's starting to make the connection. So we know that he is seeing some of that happen. I mean, Jack is actually making that connection himself here. He says it is interesting twice regarding the discovery that the curse is real. It's very interesting. That's exactly what he says. I mean, we don't want to get into spoilers as Heather always does. And, you know, as usual, no eye rolling. But the importance we can reveal at this time is that Jack realizes that it's that if the outlandish skeleton bit of the curse is a reality, then he is safe to assume essentially that the rest of the curse and what he has heard is most likely real as well. Right. Whatever that is. Captained by a man so evil that hell itself spat him back out. <laughs> Black Pearl is crewed by the damned, all that fun stuff that we love so much. All those happy thoughts as we were talking about earlier. <laughs> I mean, we can also see the gears in Jack's head starting to turn as he's planning his next chess moves as well. I mean, he's really like, that's interesting. So he's connecting all these puzzle pieces together like, now what am I really going to do? And I think also we're safe to assume that he, first and foremost, wanted a ship to get up the hell out of Port Royal. But now the prize, I think is maybe getting his ship back or the Black Pearl back, if it was indeed his to begin with, and fleeing Port Royal. Right, but he's still in jail. Well, he is still in jail, but you can see the gears turning. He's always yeah. thinking and planning ahead. We've already established that. His buddies here wouldn't let him out. No, they didn't let him out. <laughs> Which is weird. Yeah, there there really was that, that love there, but they did not let yeah. him out. They actually walked away. Yeah. And by the way, I think it's also something we should mention that this is the first true... Like, overt, supernatural part of the movie. The blatant piece that we get hit with. We've seen a progression of things, but the transformation of Keeler's arm into a skeleton is confirmation that we actually have skeletons walking around, or skeleton ghosts, or whatever you want to call them. All right. Did you notice the clothes when he becomes skeleton? That they're more tattered, or they're they're tattered. They're, like, That's almost right. falling off him, you know? Yeah, so it's they're not all... just the arm as a skeleton, but actually it's the whole representation yeah. of decay, if you will. And then if you look at his, uh, at the rest of his clothes, they're not tattered and stuff like that. They're That's dirty, right. but they're not tattered. Yeah, it's, so it's, it really is the whole the whole looking at not just the skeleton, but the flesh is decayed, 
and fallen off the bone, if you want to call it that, but yeah. also the clothes are decaying and, say, falling apart as well. Right. Talking about the curse, too, we have two overt, if I want to say use that word again, maybe overt should have been our pirate word of the week, but it's not really a pirate word. We have two shots of the moon in this in the past couple of minutes, and one was a prelude to showing us that the light entering Jack's cell is from the moon. So we have uh-huh. that the moon, and that's where the hidden Mickey was. So the moon comes out from behind the clouds. We see the moonlight going to Jack's cell and, and appear. So we're clearly getting that writer's perspective of here's the moonlight. They want to hammer that home that that is moonlight. And the second part is in this minute that shows the moon is slipping back behind the clouds and is being hidden again. Right. And that's right, actually, before we slip into where Elizabeth is being transported to the Black Pearl. Essentially, we're establishing the dynamics of the curse, or at least what the writers want us to know so far, and that moonlight equals skeletons. No moonlight equals your normal, everyday, say, slightly need of personal hygiene pirates. Yeah, because the moonlight rays were actually on his arm, the skeleton arm. Yeah, because it wasn't his whole body. It was just the part that actually went into the light. Yeah. And as we said before, there's some really cool discussions that we're going to get into once we find out or once more pieces of the curse are revealed and some of the controversy online about that and what people have had. But for now, we're just going to leave it as is uh, with what we know. No more spoilers. No. And Keeler was really pissed that Jack called them betrayers and mutineers. He was not happy about that. No, not at all. It really shows that there's bad blood and bitter rivalry in spades here. And I'm not sure if he would have reacted this way if Jack called him, say, a bastard. But obviously he's sensitive or is harboring some guilt here. Maybe just a smidge of guilt. I I don't see bastard in my book of pirate words, by the way. (laughs) Arr, bastard. (laughs) Is that in there? (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, anyways, I thought that was going to translate well, but I guess it didn't. I'm wondering, actually, if he's not, because we're seeing that that anger, because it's not like he just called him a name and he got angry. He actually called him a mutineer and a betrayer. Yeah. That's what angered him. And so I'm thinking... As we were just talking about the timeline that Jack is not a skeleton. These guys are. These guys are part of Black Pearl crew and the mutineers. So this happened before, or I mean, it happened after Jack had already gotten off the ship. So then they became damned, if you will, or cursed. And so maybe Keeler and Twig are just angry at themselves more than anything. They maroon Jack after a mutiny. They get cursed. And now they see Jack again and are reminded that hey, he's not cursed, and perhaps they would have maybe not been cursed either if they just maybe listened to him or not engaged him in mutiny or whatever befell them or whatever action happened afterwards. Right. Definitely there's some self-hatred and maybe some regret there (laughs) that's going on. (laughs) Just a little. Yeah, you can tell things are sensitive, and this curse is no picnic either in this particular minute. I mean, beyond the obvious skeleton deal, and you know that, that could have some cool stuff, especially for Halloween, but Keeler says... You know nothing of hell. And this is like, I think, the classic response when someone preaches to you about a situation that they themselves have never experienced. Right. It's before you comment, walk a mile in my shoes, partner, kind of deal. And so I think that's what is happening here. So Jack says the deepest circle of hell is reserved for betrayers and mutineers. To me, this actually serves as both a play on words and something we can probably all relate to. It's like saying that guy is so evil, the deepest part of hell is reserved for him. You know, something that's come up in other movies or people just say that in general. I say it every day to somebody just because I'm a bitter, angry pirate guy, but... I know, I get it at least twice a week. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Actually... And and poor Banjo, he gets it... Oh, the poor guy. He gets it at least three times a week. Banjo's our dog. (laughs) Actually, 
Heather is the one who who does that to me because if I don't bring her her grog in time, <laughs> she's like, God dang it. <laughs> the deepest part of hell is reserved for you, essentially. <laughs> That's just paraphrasing. It's something to that extent. This also is like I say, something that we can all relate to. But it's also in reference to Inferno, which is the first part of Dante's 14th century epic poem, The Divine Comedy. And yeah, did just a quick overview of that for everybody out there because I know everybody's going, oh yeah, we got to have our Dante. 14th century poet talk. Here we go. The story begins with the narrator, who is the poet himself, being lost in the dark woods where he is attacked by three beasts which he cannot escape. He is rescued by a Roman poet Virgil who is sent by Dante's ideal woman Beatrice. Together, they begin the journey into the underworld or the nine circles of hell, is what Johnny Depp or Captain Jack Sparrow has just talked about. So I won't go into depth about all the circles. Round of applause. I know everybody's all happy about that because this is Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, not Dante's Nine Circles of Hell podcast, which eh, might be a good one. But anyways, there are as follows. The first circle is limbo. The second circle is lust. Then we have gluttony, greed, Anger, heresy, violence, fraud. And then we come to the ninth circle, which is the last one, treachery. And the ninth circle of hell is divided into four rounds according to the seriousness of the sin, though all residents are frozen in an icy lake. Those who committed more severe sins are deeper within the ice. Each of the four rounds is named after an individual who personifies the sin. We have round one, which is named Cana, after Cain, who killed his brother Abel. Round two is named Antonora. After Anthenor of Troy, who was Priam's counselor during the Trojan War. We have round three, named Ptolemaea, after Ptolemy. Round four is named Judica, after Judas Iscariot, the apostle who betrayed Jesus with a kiss. What we find then is that Jack is actually correct. It's not just this, you know, kind of metaphorically speaking thing, but really the deepest circle of hell is reserved for treachery and betrayers. You know, the lesson is don't betray. It's as simple as that. Jack, the wisdom from Jack. So unless you're like me... You have a get out of the Ninth Circle of Hell free card. Heather's in trouble, definitely. And I I may sell it on eBay, so I'll keep everyone posted. I just don't want to give it to her. So you may have to have a bidding or. I'm also reading into this that Keeler's desperately looking for such a card himself. (laughs) So that's how this all comes back to Keeler, actually. This whole kind of history, 14th century poet talk. So apparently hell is not what it's cracked up to be and much worse than can be imagined, actually. Well, you're living skeleton type thing so yeah that's not well it's gotta i mean we gotta see what the rest of the curse is right before we get there but you're just not pretty in moonlight no but so there's obviously some other (laughs) things going on there and keeler and twig are definitely rethinking their life choices about this for sure right i wanted to mention that jack was actually the captain of the black pearl before it was the black pearl he became the captain of the ship when it was named the wicked winch and i've heard that nickname before (laughs) yeah The ship was actually registered to the East India Trading Company at the time. Oh, yeah. We've talked about them before in previous episodes. Right. And it was owned by Cutler Beckett. And Jack was captain for about a year. He refused to haul slaves. And so he kind of went on his own way and got into trouble and this and that. Just a little bit of information about the Black Pearl before it was a Black Pearl. Since Heather already mentioned the Black Pearl, I think we can just kind of transition into that. And really, she brought that up when I really had this great transition that I was working on. And I should have known that she was going to destroy it. We were talking about the nine circles of hell and starting to talk about the Black Pearl. I could say, boy, we're about to cross like the river of sticks into the underworld. And what better way to get there than a ship like the Black Pearl? But no, 
She goes ahead and mentions Black Pearl when we're talking about Captain Jack. So yeah, you know, I thought, man, I really had that nailed. So you're, you're, obviously I just had to throw that in, but it doesn't sound as good now because I had to tell the story about it. Your pause was too great. I thought you needed a little help. Oh, I didn't need any help. We were going. There's no pause. They're not going to hear a pause. The pause is gone. It's all free-flowing. There was no pause. What are you giving behind the scenes stuff world, here? In my world, it was too great. Oh, there I was no pause. I thought you needed help. No, no help. you wanted no me help. to jump in. I thought you might have some interesting tidbits. And you did. Because I had some interesting tidbits as well about the Black Pearl. And I'll kind of start at a different point since you already mentioned the Wicked Wench. We can get into more behind-the-scenes information on the Black Pearl and all that good stuff in upcoming minutes when we're on board and, and we're looking for content as well. We don't want to use all of our Black Pearl content here. We can spread things out a bit. But since you did mention the Wicked Wench, as I was saying, this name actually most likely came from the pirate ship of the same name that was found on the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction at Disneyland. Did it, you know that? It did, actually, yeah. Oh, so she knew that, but she yeah. wasn't going to bring that cool stuff up. That's Yeah, I knew that. In 2006, they revamped the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disneyland, and the original pirate captain of the Wicked Wench was replaced with Captain Barbosa. In this version, Barbosa was attacking the fort while pursuing Jack Sparrow. In the original ride, the pirate and the pirate ship was actually attacking Spanish port to Puerto Dorado on Isla Tesoro in the ride. So, the pirate ship that you see when you're in the ride is the Wicked Wench. And that is actually the precursor, the the former name of the Black Pearl is where we are going with that. I'm pretty excited that we're actually getting a close-up of the Pearl. If you've been with us since the beginning, you know my fascination with figureheads and crests on ships and all that kind of good stuff. By the way, Disney has still not responded to me, my request for information on that. Imagine that. Can't imagine. Yeah. The Black Pearl's figurehead shows a graceful black angel with an outstretched left arm and a bird... A black dove actually about to take flight from her hand. And according to the Pirates of the Caribbean Wikia, this symbolizes Jack's goal for freedom. Oh, wow. So at least the, there, there is some connection to that yeah. being a ship. And particular figurehead is kind of representation of freedom. This is also on top of Jack Sparrow's tattoo, which is a sparrow in yeah. the sun and then over the ocean. And we have his name, Jack Sparrow. That we have talked quite a bit about in previous episodes. And it's all on this theme of freedom or sailing, flying like a bird, free as a bird, all of that kind of stuff. You notice it doesn't, nobody, doesn't look like anybody's really taking care of this angel on the front of the ship. No, I was... She's a little cracked up. (laughs) Yeah, the whole thing is is definitely tattered and has not been, I I guess that's maybe part of the curse, I'm I'm wondering. So that's my guess is that maybe they, as skeletons, are just not really into the upkeep of things like they should be. (laughs) surprise ship you definitely want to make sure that it's looking nice yeah and not falling apart she's really cracked exactly so the car figure that's mounted on the ship's bow is called a nautical figurehead and we've talked a little bit about this before but in the early days of seafaring when wooden ships sailed the seas card figureheads depicting women were also known as neptune's wooden angels throughout the history of wooden shipbuilding ships bows were fitted with figureheads to act as lookouts and to lead sailors safely on their way Animals were the first subject of choice for figurehead design, but by the mid-1700s, human design figureheads became the new style. Huh. Later, mermaids and women were popular figurehead choices, despite the superstitious beliefs that sailors held regarding women and their adverse effects on ships' voyages. We already know Gibbs has already said that, you know, a woman on board is is bad luck. Even miniature ones. (laughs) Not wooden ones, though. Yeah, wooden ones are a bit different. <laughs> I think they did went with women was because they liked the look of a woman rather than an animal. 
or a man. I think I read that somewhere. Really? Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, they're not going to. Yeah, it just seems more fitting. And usually they called ships her, which is an interesting thing, too. So a ship is a she or a her. Yeah, has kind of a woman's name. So it's fitting in that way that they would have a woman's, you know, depicted on the front of the ship as kind of the symbol of the ship as well. Yeah, so I'll con- I'll continue to keep everybody posted as I hound Disney for information on that. I know it's getting way back into the early minutes of things, but I'm still trying to track some of that stuff down, see if it makes sense. That is the first glimpse we have of this Black Pearl that's up close, really, and yeah. not concealed in fog, not from a distance, or just a part of the side of it that we see sailing into the harbor. Right. And before we wrap things up, thought I'd visit Elizabeth Swan for a minute or so. As the pirate crew is taking her to the Black Pearl, she looks at the ship... It's tattered sails, it's crusty hole, as Heather was just saying. <laughs> and I think she's making the connection that this is the ship that she saw eight years ago as a child. Yeah. I mean, actually, there's this gesture that shows this realization, as well as this notion that this entire experience is a reality now. Oh, yeah. And so it's not like the adventure of her dreams or, or maybe oh. a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but she has been taken from her mansion, the cozy mansion. She has a maid putting a bed warmer in there. You know, all that kind of good stuff. Now she's been taken from that life and is in a boat approaching the Black Pearl. You know, she exuded all this confidence when dealing with Pentel and Rigetti. She's demanding parlays like uh-huh. she's this confident woman. But now we're seeing one of those moments where she questions herself in that confidence. Oh, yeah. she. I get the look that she's thinking, oh, this is real now. I better keep my wits about me. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> it's like, what the hell have I done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I should have thought about this Parlay? before. <laughs> Man, I should have asked for a hanging or something. Yeah, so she's definitely a little (laughs) bit nervous at what's going on. And I'm not saying that she lost all of her confidence or that she's not that confident woman. It's just that she is questioning like this. It's like this momentary lapse of like, what did I do? This momentary lapse in this confidence because now it is real. She's on the boat or this this small boat going to the ship. She's going to meet the captain. She's already seen. She's already amongst all these crazy pirates. Yeah. She's probably like, I can't stand all these bad teeth. You know, that's probably her <laughs> biggest fear. So like, are they going to lock me and keep me aboard? And then I'm going to end up having pirate teeth. And she's really concerned about it. What an eye? She doesn't know. Yeah. She's a child again. Yeah, that's what it is, actually. You know, yeah, she's just, she's still young. She's not young, naive. She's like a child again. Yeah, she has that, I'm not in Kansas anymore realization. Yeah. <laughs> the world is now filled with the unknown. And she's nervous. And who oh, wouldn't yeah. be nervous at that, actually? Right. Because so- she's hoping that they'll listen to her and do the parlay and let her go. and then, But then she doesn't know for sure that that's really going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And I don't remember if I... Actually, I may have just glossed over the gestures we got on the side tangent. It's that looking down at her chest where the gold medallion is. It reminds her of when she was on the ship eight years ago and saw that pirate ship. So it's all those feelings. It's Will... Then it's the, oh, they're maybe after the medallion. Yeah. I have the medallion. They're after gold. I got the gold. And I'm the governor's daughter. So all of these things are converging in her world that are saying, or I might be a little bit more over my head than I thought I was. Right. So we're going to have to find out and see what happens. Exactly. So in the minute ends, actually, with her just stepping foot aboard the ship. And there was some weird cuts or edits in the film. So it looked like they were raising these boats off the water and kind of climbing on board. But, you know, the boat looked empty uh-huh. at first. You know, so then we get kind of a pan shot and it looks empty from the poop deck area. We get a shot of the boat and it looks a little empty. And then we see her step on board. So I don't know if they 
Because they're unloading. You can see them unloading their pirate treasure that they've looted from the town. Right. And then all of a sudden she's stepping on board and that's really where the minute ends. So maybe they raised another boat because there was more than one boat that was coming back or coming from the shore. So that's possible what that was. And this was also different sites. The water was a Caribbean, but the boat is actually the in L.A. No. Yeah. The boat was in L.A. So the boat's they didn't L.A., have, the water's Caribbean. The boat's L.A. and the water's Caribbean. Are yeah. you sure? Because the, Karen Knightley was saying it on the commentary. Really? So they yeah. didn't have the boat out in the Caribbean doing that stuff? No. Oh, that's it interesting. It was the, the Black Pearl's actually in the Caribbean. We'll talk about that upcoming, but the boat was actually not a full replica pirate ship or the Black Pearl at this time. It was actually a barge. Yeah. So... We'll talk a little bit about that later. Yeah. But she was saying because they were in the boats Uh on the Caribbean. And then when they got onto the the at night too. Yeah. And and then when they got onto the actual ship, that was LA. Oh, wow. So it's probably some, you know. Yeah. So there is some, the way that they had that look and then the, how they portrayed that on the the scene when they're actually getting on there to cut it. To yeah. actually make that transition or a somewhat seamless transition. It does jive, does not quite have that jive correctly because it does look like the boat that they've raised out of the water is already empty. Right. So maybe there's a little continuity there, but we could probably take it as the way that that, that there was another boat raised and she got off that one. We right. can just leave it at that and, and, <laughs> and gloss over that uh, continuity error potentially. Do you have anything else? That's all I have for today. Okay, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 39 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Don't forget that you could win a Pirates of the Caribbean prize package just for leaving us a review on iTunes. If you don't use iTunes, feel free to leave one for us on Stitcher.com. It's so freaking simple. Just leave us a review. Nothing fancy, just short and sweet. Your review helps people find the show, gets more people listening, and we continue to do this. And you could win some prizes, as I said. So good luck, and please do that. It helps us out a lot. Until then... Let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Arr there, matey! Thanks for joining us on Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Have something to say? Then give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. If you like the show, then do us a favor and leave a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, matey. You can also contact us at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. We just might feature your questions and comments on future episodes. Visit us online at blackpearlminute.com. You can also find us on facebook.com slash pirates of the Caribbean minute, twitter.com slash blackpearlmen, and on soundcloud.com slash pirates of the Caribbean, where we post additional content, have post-episode discussions, and share our favorite show clips. Now see you next time, scallywags.